And so when you start thinking about embedded fintech and how deep down the stack can you, quote unquote, embed fintech, you have to start thinking about how do these actual businesses operate? And like, are they fully captive in the proverbial walled garden that may be the SaaS platform? Or are they doing business all over the place? And we are just one of those streams that business sees. Welcome to the SMB Tech Innovators Podcast, powered by Gusto. On this show, we explore the intersection of fintech, vertical SaaS, and how software combats the rising complexity of running a business. Our goal is to share stories, advice, and best practices from the leaders and investors behind today's cutting-edge platforms. Here's your host, Brian Bush. On this episode of the SMB Tech Innovators podcast, my guest is Michael Rangel, founder and CEO of Novo, the powerfully simple financial platform for small businesses. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks. Happy to be here. Talk to us a little bit about your background. How did your journey lead you to where you are today as the founder and CEO of Novo? Mine is one of those stories that it does not necessarily have the most linear paths, right? And I'm saying that more so for this, all those startup founders out there that are like, man, if my story doesn't link to like what VCs want to hear, how am I ever going to do it? So like, don't worry, there's hope. I have a more traditional finance and operational background, relatively little connection to tech startups in general. And I would probably give it a relatively loose connection to what I'm doing now at Novo. However, the thing that made it very relevant was I had firsthand experience with the problem. And like that, in most cases, is the most important, right? In kind of like the startup founder journey, having exposure to that problem and feeling it firsthand gives them this contextual awareness that is different than someone else who might just be chasing a wave or something like that. So background finance operations, I worked for a financial management firm here in Miami, where I'm currently recording, right after graduating from the University of Miami many moons ago. However, that financial management firm, although large by an AUM size, was very small. So we were only about 20 employees managing upwards of $20 billion AUM at the height. The reason why I share that is because 20 employees is a very small number, especially to be managing that magnitude of funds. And so from that perspective, we were almost like an SMB by all counts, by all tools that were then applicable to us. And so how did I end up here? How did I end up at Novo? How did I cross that proverbial chasm? The story is actually kind of funny because in my day-to-day reconciling trades, you do it kind of like second nature. Right? You pull down reports from your accounting team or from an accounting platform, manipulate those reports manually in Excel, then upload them back or share them back with your accounting team. After the thousands upon thousands of times that I probably did that, then the slightest inkling went off in my head. I'm like, huh, what about everybody else? Is this a problem in SMEs? Because I could do it like the back of my hand with my eyes closed, probably with one arm. But that inkling that just led me down that rabbit hole of what about everybody else is the biggest question that I've been faced with my life and how I ended up here at Nova and the exact problem that we're looking to solve. Fantastic. Well, please tell the audience a little bit. Who is Nova? What do you do? How do you help solve that problem? Totally. So Novo is a small business financial platform where we create software 
to help small businesses do what they do best, innovate, make their own proverbial dents in the universe. And we do that via our core product, which is a small business checking account. And we just build a lot of tech around it in order for that vehicle or the small business checking account to be more smart and to allow that small business owner to leverage different tools in order to navigate the world of being and running and operating a small business. So we do that with that checking account as the primary vehicle. And then we allow that small business owner to create that as their hub, where we streamline all of the data from that business. They're able to plug in their payment processors. They're able to also plug in kind of the vendors on the outbound as well, whether it be payroll, whether it be international transfers or what have you. And it allows kind of this checking account or the traditional definition of a checking account to take a very different feel because it allows that small business owner to get a larger view of the field. I appreciate that. I just want to reiterate what you're saying about having that personal context around feeling the pain of the small and medium business owner. Like that harkens back so much to what the Gusto founders, the reason they started. And there's a parallel to just the fact that you're creating a technology company, not just a different version of a bank. So I'm curious, you mentioned a few areas where you're extending what the traditional checking account does. What are some that you found, let's call it the most exciting for customers? Were there any aha moments that you said, oh, if we go and build a lot more onto this, this is going to really open up new possibilities for our customers? Or was this basically from day one, the vision of let's really make this an all-in-one? I'm kind of like laughing internally because, you know, hindsight is obviously 2020 and I want to be smart enough to say, no, that was always the vision. The thing about being a startup founder is you're learning all the time. And you're taking in so many data points as inputs to hopefully extrapolate out into a more colorful version of the vision. So I think that we had like certain inputs during the day one moment of myself and my co-founder, Tyler. The main one being actually, it's a pretty simple metaphor. This is back in 2015. Probably even say that's like the early days of fintech. Embedded fintech definitely didn't even exist. Challenger banking, I'm not even sure even existed. You had like the simples and chimes of the world that were out like early days. And we we looked over at consumer banking and we're like, oh, that's interesting. But big banks were also investing tons and tons and tons and tons of money there to make that solution better from their own perspective. The real pain point is SMB, right? Where everything is fragmented. And so the metaphor that we usually use is back in the day, anyways, you were able to connect your toaster in your kitchen to a hue of your light bulb if you wanted to. And it's like, in what world would that actually need to happen? What use case would that need, right? But you were able to do it. And if your toast burnt, you can make the lights red if you want. But back then, you could not connect your small business checking account to anything. And you were like, all right, something is broken. We need to dive in head first to really figure out what is. And so that's kind of like when we unfurled all of this stuff where the predominant focus of solutions at that point in time were all about, hey, let's make what we call internally the hold money experience better. Mm -hmm. So if Brian is holding money in his account, how do we make that experience for Brian better? Because as a large incumbent, I just care that there's money in your account at the end of the month. And that money grows every month, every quarter, every year, et cetera. But you don't really care about how the money moves into the account or how the money moves out of the account. All you care about is the whole. And so that's what we as Novo built our entire thesis around, where it's like, actually, that's interesting because 
the money coming into the account and the money going out of the account is almost the more important piece of the puzzle. And if you're able to solve that and solution against that and make those flows easier, then you're playing a completely different game. And so to your point of, yeah, we aren't just reinventing the wheel and making a incrementally better checking account. That's definitely not what we're kind of in the game for. Our whole thing is, how do we just reorchestrate the way that this financial vehicle has been defined for many decades? So that's where we're going. I'm streamlining everything for an SMB, piping in what the SMB stack is for all of our customers. And then how do we move the money faster throughout the rails to afford them that benefit? Yeah, well... I do love that. Like you said very clearly, you're flipping the traditional banking model on its head. It's not about holding, it's about moving the money. That feels though like a sharper articulation of the problem for SMBs than you maybe had initially when you're coming from the account or the financial management firm. Would you say, hey, the biggest problem for SMBs is cash management? Exactly. So that is what is it? I think it was like Reed Hoffman's metaphor, right? It's like building a startup is like jumping off a cliff and then just figuring out how to build the airplane on the way down. That was what sent us on the way down. Cash management is the biggest problem. And therefore, we're going to take this dive off this cliff and hopefully we'll figure it out before we hit the bottom. That's kind of what the initial catalyst was. As time progressed and as we amassed more and more data, we actually realized the problem was slightly different. The problem revolved around data itself. Cash flow is like wording and the verbiage that we use saying, oh, that is a cash flow problem. However, from a technology standpoint, it's literally just a data problem. It's the matter of calculating your ins versus your outs and seeing whether you're going to clear by the end of the weekend or the month end of the quarter. The reasoning that it's become so complicated over time is because, one, the lack of tools, and definitely the lack of tools built inside of kind of the traditional checking account. But two is also the amount of tools that are out there for that are supposed to help businesses, right? However, the more you add to operationalize your business, the more complex it becomes to then navigate your financial picture. Because the average small business owner has seven different online portals to navigate from to piece back their financial picture, right? And like for any SMB, you're going to have to have like surgical precision forecast out days, weeks, months, and whether you're going to have a cash shortfall or not. And guess what? Banks are on the other side of that argument where they're like, why would they kind of get involved? Because fees are 100% margin. And so where we come in is like, okay, well, what if we stitch all of these pieces of data together, inflows, outflows, et cetera, and help support the business to navigate that complexity? I absolutely love it. That sounds like a massive data problem. On a spectrum from where you started day one with Novo to, hey, we think we've really cracked that problem. How far along the way do you think you are? Day two. If they had a slightly 200,000 customers or something already, like clearly you're providing an incredibly powerful solution today, right? So maybe what comes next? You mentioned payroll, you mentioned some of the payments platforms, so where some of your small business customers are taking payments. What's a big category of connections, if you will, something in the SMB tech stack, which is gigantic. You and I both know how many software platforms there are out there for serving SMBs. What's a big chunk of that that you're excited about that either you've connected or, or you're working on in the future? So one of the things that we're really excited about is connections on the inbound. Money coming into the accounts. So money coming from platform X into the Novo accounts. 
And then by us building tech between Novo and Platform X, we were then able to speed up payments from Platform X to effectively put our customers on a completely different cash flow cycle. And what we do on the flip side of that as well. So we do it on the way money into the account and also money out of the account. By saving time on both of those horizons, we're able to put our small businesses on a completely different cash flow cycle. Which circling back to kind of the number one problem for SMBs is poor cash management to begin with. And so this is kind of one of those theories that we are testing to say, okay, if we are able to streamline and push this a little bit faster, and we are able to allow our customers to hold on to their money for longer or what have you, how might that then benefit them? as they grow as an SMB. And so we're kind of doing that with a singular use case now. And then after we kind of eclipse our test period, it will be kind of copying and pasting that across a number of additional platforms. Yeah. Well, I just want to reiterate, I love the fact that everything you're saying, like Novo was found like a lot of really successful technology companies with a very simple core insight. And that was about the moving money versus holding money I want to reiterate that point that banks make a lot of money on fees. You're very disruptive from that standpoint in terms of making something better for the small business owner while also changing the game in terms of how those fees come to play. I want to turn to now, Michael, is get your perspective. If you're doing something very different from kind of the traditional banking sector, you still serve, as I understand, a wide range of customers. So when I look at the conversation out there these days, there's a lot of talk about vertical SaaS platforms that kind of fits into this SaaS 3.0 rise. And it's amazing. You as Novo have a ton of these pieces in terms of working with a whole bunch of different embedded fintech options. Let's hypothesize there's a world where some vertical SaaS platform, maybe purpose built for, let's say, laundry and dry cleaning of all things, like very niche super specific. I imagine you have some laundromats and dry cleaners who are already Novo customers. So in a world where that vertical SaaS platform can leverage other embedded fintech options and can build a lot of the same financial services in this like highly specific, highly tailored platform just for laundry and dry cleaning, they're now a very compelling or in theory seem like a very compelling competitor to what you all are offering. How do you think that's going to play out? There's a ton of these vertical SaaS companies on the rise. Where do you think Nova wins in that sort of a world? This is something that myself and my co-founder, Tyler, pontificate about in our many long and sleepless nights talking about strategy and what the world's going to look like 5, 10, 20, 50 years from now. Without me going too deep down that rabbit hole, because it gets pretty abstract and weird, let's take a step back. You picked an interesting cohort because I'll say that's definitely a smaller one for us just because of the nature of the business. So I'm going to pick just a slightly different business model, right? Because I obviously a dry cleaner laundromat typically reinforces like brick and mortar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which I imagine we probably do have a few, but definitely a bit of an outlier. Let's use an Uber driver. Uber drivers operate on a multitude of other platforms as well. Their good that they're selling is transportation and a ride in their car. So it is their primary objective as that small business owner to get as many rides as feasibly possible over whatever time period that they are working that day. And so I'm sure everyone piping into this podcast will relate. If you're in an Uber, 
probably around like a few minutes before that Uber drops you off, that Uber's already cycling through a few different applications to see if they can compress the time between rides as much as possible. To make it a little bit more relevant for your example, what if Uber were to launch a bank account and what would work there or not work there? Kind of our positioning and what is what Tyra and I pontificated on a lot and actually simple concept that is way more relevant to very small businesses. When small businesses start out, especially right when they incorporate or maybe in the year after, they're just trying to make ends meet. Small businesses will go anywhere and everywhere to sell their product, whatever that product may be. And so this example is the Uber driver. So the Uber driver is on Lyft, he's on DoorDash, he's on this, that, and the other thing. Another way of saying this that we talk about internally is small businesses are not exclusive to their distribution channels, especially early on. They are literally everywhere that they can have a chance to sell their product or widget or whatever it is. And so when you start thinking about embedded fintech and how deep down the stack can you, quote unquote, embed fintech, you have to start thinking about how do these actual businesses operate? And like, are they fully captive in the proverbial walled garden that may be the SaaS platform? Or are they doing business all over the place? And we are just one of those streams that business sees. And so as it relates to Novo, the way that we talk about Novo is kind of like this unprejudiced layer that sits on top and unifies all underlying mediums. If Uber launched a bank account, and that Uber driver used the bank account, would the Uber driver also have a Lyft account and a DoorDash account? And then what if each one of those developed and deployed different features that put their cash on an even further, more complicated calendar? It becomes almost like this additional level of complexity that no one would want. They just want one kind of unifying layer to make it helpful for them to manage it and make it simpler. That's kind of like how I think, I hope I didn't get too esoteric on what we're talking about distribution channels, but that's how we think about unifying all the different streams of revenue for the SMBs that we service. Yeah, not at all. I think the core of that insight that a small medium business, especially early on, is going to sell wherever they need to get the business going. Back to my dry cleaning and laundry example, if somebody gives them cash, they're going to take cash. If somebody wants to write a check, they're probably going to take that check. If somebody close a big contract with a restaurant, suddenly they need to get paid a different way and be invoicing, they're going to do that. So the core, again, is a very simple and straightforward insight that a small business needs to sell wherever they can in order to move things forward. So those vertical SaaS platforms should not bet the farm on being their sole source for taking payment for their customers is one very discreet example. So you mentioned Embedded Fintech. I want to congratulate you all. You were on the Embedded Fintech 50 list recently, and that only spots a handful of companies. But I know there are a lot more companies out there that want to follow in your footsteps or building interested fintech companies today. So maybe the broad question is, from where you sit today, how would you recommend that somebody who wants to follow in a Novos or in a fintech's footsteps, how do they think about building out that ecosystem of connections really intelligently? Like where should they look to think about where to start? Or maybe assuming they have a core of some sort of solution built, where do they think about going next? How should they think about those next steps? So the first thing I'd say is keep it simple. Keep it literally as simple as feasibly possible. 
because optionality is not necessarily good, especially when it comes to consumer preferences, especially when it comes to SMBs who already have to navigate a heightened level of complexity. So keep it simple is like the first thing I would say. I would definitely also add, just have the awareness of the distance from your core products, whatever your core product is, and whatever you are contemplating adding to your core product. What is the distance between those two things? Just adding embedded fintech for embedded fintech's sake doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But what is the proximity of those two? Is it one single workflow? Is it a tangential workflow? Is it somehow related to whatever is your core product? Have you validated it by customers or not? Do customers even want this from your service or not? Are they already happy with gaining that service from somewhere else? All of this stuff. And the last thing I would add is, this is something that we focused on at Nova literally since day one. We've always had a focus first on the problem. It's never been the solution and we're going to build that solution. The problem is what you should always focus on. And if adding embedded fintech to whatever your product or solution is helps you solve that problem, awesome. If it doesn't, then I'd probably put it more in the distraction camp to potentially revisit later. But always focus on the problem. Well, I appreciate that. I think, candidly, we hear from partners of ours and from folks who are interested occasionally that kind of this assumption that, well, of course, we are going to have a full suite of embedded fintech products in the future. It's just really a matter of sequencing. It's really a matter of what and when. And I think what I hear you saying is like, that could be a very faulty assumption. It's not necessarily false. You just really need to step through the logic, do your customer research, and kind of do your homework before you just line up this five-year roadmap that includes every embedded fintech option on the block. 100%. Because otherwise, you might build a product that someone uses somewhere. But to get back to my example, right, of the Uber drivers and yours of the laundromat, it's if you're already starting with a niche audience and you're adding additional features or products to it, it's likely only going to be relevant to a niche of that niche, right? And so validating cases isn't really important for that reason. Otherwise, you're going to sap up resources, you're going to sap up bandwidth. And yes, you're going to hope that it works on the other side of the development cycle. However, hoping is not a winning bet, unfortunately. Michael, thank you so much today. I think we're going to land this plan here. Thank you for the time and insight. Before we wrap up, could you tell our listeners if they're interested to connect with you on social media or elsewhere to go deeper or follow up with any questions? Is there a place they can reach out? Yeah, totally. The first place is probably just our website. So novo.co, so N-O-V-O dot C-O. And then you can follow us on Twitter, novo underscore HQ. It's probably the better social media profile that we have out there. Fantastic. Well, Michael, thank you. And listeners, thank you for your time today. We'll link to any of the resources that were mentioned in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and keep an eye out for the next episode. Thanks, Michael. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to the SMB Tech Innovators Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. This episode of the SMB Tech Innovators Podcast is brought to you by Gusto Embedded. Gusto has spent a decade building and testing its payroll, tax filing, and compliance infrastructure, which is available as a robust set of APIs so you can develop custom-tailored payroll solutions. For more information, go to embedded.gusto.com.